I'd like to welcome you to the first day of our seminar on overview of Canto 2 of Srimad Bhagavatam. So here you see up on the board, on the screen, here you see on the screen, uh, the whole second canto divided into three sections, yoga processes in the first part, universal form in the second part, and creation in the third part. Now we're going to see a picture for every verse. These are also divided into sections. The first, this is this chapter, chapter one is entitled First Step in God, Realization. So here, the first picture here, this section is called the Success by Chanting. If you have read the end of First Canto, you have heard that Maharaj Priksha inquired uh, what is the best thing to do, what is the best duty for a man who is about to die or for a man at any time in his life. What is the best thing? What should one do? So the answer here is that you should chant the holy name. You should chant the holy name of Krishna. And that will save you. That will stop the forest fires of Australia. And that's why we're having this chanting morning till night. And uh, it will stop the fire in your heart. Everyone has a blazing fire going on in their heart. In this material world, there's always miseries. So by chanting Hare Krishna, you can get free from that. <clears throat> so this is, we're going to have lessons in each of these pictures. And then after the end of the picture, I'll ask you, what lesson did you learn from this picture? So the first lesson is, by chanting and hearing about Krishna, one becomes free from miseries and achieves perfection in life. So here, we have a happy family, mother, father, and children, all chanting Hare Krishna. And all the Yamadutas are running away. They will not catch them at the time of death. So, first lesson. And second lesson is you need the association of the pure devotees to get perfection. So here we another very famous verse, chanting and hearing. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is a doubtless and fearless way of success for all. So many people, they want success in material problems. They think this is the success of life. But you can't take it with you at the end of your life. So therefore, the real success is if what you take with you is your good works. Is your, if you engage in chanting Hare Krishna, you will take that with you at the time of death. And you will go to a higher destination, higher than this earth, higher than the heaven, to the spiritual world, where you will live eternally, full of this and knowledge. So this second part here is developing the service attitude. Developing the service attitude. Um, here they are concerned. Maharaj uh, Krishna has only seven days to live, and so he's recommended to leave all his uh, material things and just concentrate on hearing and chanting the holy name. So all of us, it doesn't matter because you don't know when you're going to die. It could happen any moment. It could happen, uh, it's not so sure in these dangerous times in Australia. So um, 
better to start chanting Hare Krishna now. And because if you if you chant Hare Krishna at the end of life, then you will go to the spiritual world. No more of these material bodies, um, birth, death, old age, and disease. They are suffering. They are suffering the heat. The baby is also suffering. Baby is suffering at birth. Mother is suffering at birth. And death, everybody is suffering in disease and old age. So therefore, we must chant the holy name. So now, but some people it's recommended to chant Om. Oh, here we have a yogi here. He's chanting Om, Om. Who should chant Om? Somebody who thinks he's a part of this material world. But Hare Krishna is better because it's personal. You're talking to the person. You know who's behind the Om. Om means, oh my Lord. But who is the Lord? So then we say, Hare Krishna. Krishna and Radha together, that is who we worship. Okay, so what did we learn from this picture? What lessons, to, or lesson, did we learn here? Actually, there were a couple of lessons. Anybody remember? What's the most important thing? Hmm? Chanting Hare Krishna, good. Chanting about Krishna, the time of death. So here we have, uh, and all of these, these pictures you're seeing up here, they're inside this book, which is an overview of Canto 2 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Picture for every verse. So if you want a book, you can see me after. Um, and you can get a book. So uh, now we're going on to part two here. And here we have planetary systems. The form of this world is actually a form of the Lord with four hands. And here we see all the planets, they're, being, they're part of his body. And uh, this is a challenge for the atheists who manufacture their own gods. And it's a favor for those who say, show me God, show me God. Okay, here's God, here you can see, come see, Radha Krishna, here is God. Krishna Balaram, here is God, Gornita. Universal form, that is Krishna. So on top are the heavenly planets, and the bottom are the hellish planets. And we are somewhere in the middle around the stomach portion here. And here we see the bones, are the mountains, we see the water, is the uh, veins, and the ocean is his stomach. So when you um, take baths in the ocean, then it's good for your stomach and abdomen because it's the stomach of the form of the Lord. The ocean is situated in the middle in the stomach. You take baths and the ocean is not far away. If you take baths there, you will get your, cure your diseases of the abdomen and the stomach. Take baths in a river, you will cure your diseases of the veins and nerves. Bathing in the river is good for the nerves, because that's the universal part of nerves. So here we see the eye, we see the eye of the form in um, universal form is the sun. The sun is his eye. Sun and the moon are his eyes. So the sun is the eye of universal form. And if he smells at you, be careful, because that is my eye. If, if you get the smile of the universal form, that's not so good. That's not good to see the smile outside. This smile is okay. This, you should see this smile of Krishna. 
Once he does smile. Because that smile, behind what is behind the lips, are the teeth. And what do the teeth do? They chew you up. So you, you get attracted to the things of this world, but then you get kicked, you get chewed up. So that's a lesson here. Don't be attracted by the smiling lens of Maya. So Ishwarup meditation, that's over here. The animals are his nails. And different planets are part of his body. The Kshatriyas, the uh, soldiers, the politicians are his arms. The Brahmins are his head. The businessmen are his waist. And the workers are his legs. So that's the different parts of the universal form. Okay. So we had a couple of lessons here. What did you learn in this? Picture here. Something to be careful of. Yeah, the different areas of the body of the universal form of Krishna corresponds with um, different planets. Mm -hmm. And that uh, the smiling glance of Krishna in his universal form is different from the benefit, uh, the, the glance of Krishna on the altar. Yeah, the smile. Yeah, the smile. Yeah, okay, the smile of Maya is dangerous. Don't be attracted by the beauty of this world, or else you will get chewed up. Beautiful forest, and then what happens to the forest in Australia gets fire comes, and it's not beautiful anymore, and you have to run away from it. So it looks very beautiful at first. Yes, let me make my house here in the beautiful forest, but then what happens? The fire comes, and your house is finished. Okay, and what? Yeah, there was another lesson which I kind of didn't tell you it was a lesson, but about the stomach. The abdomen of the universal form and the veins of the universal form. You remember that one? Oh, he remembers. Okay. You mentioned that because the ocean is, is represented by the stomach of the universal form, that when you bathe in the Ocean, it's good for your stomach. Yeah, it's good for your stomach, <laughs> abdomen, intestines. Yes, good. And the rivers are good for your veins and nervous system. That's right. Rivers are good for your veins and nervous system. So we have to be in harmony, in sync with nature. And if we understand the universal form, then we can. It is. It helps us to be in harmony. So now we have. Um, Chapter 2, Lord in the Heart. Here we have Super Soul. If you were to look inside your heart, um, not on this material level, but on the spiritual level, you would see this form in your heart. The size of a thumb. Sitting there, watching you, listening to you, and counting your good, good and evil deeds. He's counting everything. And he's, with, he's not counting, he's just witnessing, he's just watching. Somebody else is doing the counting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So his mercy for the yogis. Yogis do meditate on this uh, this form of Lord. And the first lesson, the first section here is detachment in the world of names. I'm going to read one verse. These, we have verses for each of these pictures. He lies down on the earth for a bed, for a pillow his arm, arms uses instead. For utensils he has his own bare hands. For his clothes tree bark supplies his demands. So simple living and high thinking is the lesson we learn here. In the, in the beginning, so this is a lesson. Once you practice simple living and high thinking, while well, you're living in the world of names. But this is the world of names. Why they call it this the world of names? Because very soon the name will change. Now it's a tree. When the tree dies, then it will be something else. It will become rotten, it will go into the earth, it will become earth, it will have a different name. When the building is here, we call it a house. But then one day it will crumble and it will be called dust. So it's a world of names. Just names only, because everything is temporary. So how can you live here? Yes. Yeah, that's in um, here. It's in uh, Canto Two. We're in Chapter Two. Let's see if I can find the verse here. Uh, World of Names, Verse Three. Two, two, three. Two, two, three. Mm -hmm. An enlightened person therefore refrains from over-endeavor in this world of names. On that which elevates, he fixes his mind and shuns pointless labor in the daily grind. World of names. So therefore, don't be attached to the world of names. It will vanish before your very eyes. This world will go. And you will go from this world too. And you'll have another name. Now you have one name. And you get, of course, if you worship Krishna, you'll get a spiritual name. You'll get a spiritual name. That'll be eternal. But this world, the names are always changing. You know, now this life you have one name, next life you have another name. This life you could be a male, next life you could be a female, or vice versa. So this is the world of names. And our lesson, first lesson, is simple living and high thinking in the world of names. There were some devotees in the early days of Iskon, uh, husband, wife, and child. They were sent to India, and they were sent to start a farm. Okay? Like a new Govindam, but much smaller, very small farm in Gujarat. And so they didn't have a house, so they were just living underneath a tree, like the Goswamis. Then monsoon came, rainy season. And they were just sitting under the tree in the rain and chanting with their harmonium, Hare Krishna. And then one rich man saw them and he came and he said, I will build you a house. So that's how this farm in Gujarat started. It started like that. Uh, huh? No, no, that wasn't Radha Kun. That was Rachitambra. Rachitambra and her husband. They started a farm in Gujarat. No, Radha Kun, they were in Dhamma. Yeah, that's Gujarat, yeah. But they were in the city, and these devotees were in the in the country, in the farm country. Yeah, so they have simple living and high thinking. You can't go beyond what they did, just living under a tree as a kid, four-year-old child. Yeah. So detachment in the world of names is the name of this section. The next section is called super soul meditation. 
This is for the yogis, of course. Um, now read verse 13. Begin with his feet, your meditation, then progress to his face in concentration. To consider his limbs from lower to high, your intelligence will purify. So this is a verse here. It's in poetry form here in, in this book also. Taken from Bhagavatam, made into poetry. And so by this meditation, you go beyond this material world. You go beyond time. You go to the spiritual world. So real meditation means to remove the anarchas in the heart so we develop the service attitude. Service attitude is really important. So the lesson in this section here is while meditating on super soul, one must develop a service attitude. Because what will happen if you don't? What happens to those yogis who meditate on super soul? They see the super soul in the heart and they don't develop a service attitude. They think, ah, oh, I have realized myself. This is me. I am this form of four hands. And then they, they miss everything. They miss the point. So that's an important lesson. Must develop a service attitude. Last part here is leaving the material body. Here we see the chakras. We're going up the chakras while meditating in the Lord's feet of Krishna. And then you will go. Um, most of these people go to the Brahma Jyoti, the Brahman effulgence of Krishna's body, because they don't know that there is a Supreme Person. They think the goal is to go to the white light. But intelligent people will, will think, well, where is the light coming from? Just like now we are here, there's some light. Where is it coming from? There's a source. Light just doesn't exist by itself. So even the Brahman, the white light that so many impersonalists, so many groups want to go to and merge, there has a source. Light's coming from somewhere. It's coming from Krishna's body. So these yogis, they meditate, mostly they go to Brahman, but one who is meditating on Krishna with a service attitude, he will go back to God. Here's, here's such a yogi. Here. Mm -hmm. Ask a question. Sure. Question. I'm wondering, is there a difference between meditating on the super soul and meditating on the Vira Rupa? Oh yes, that's a very good question. So the Virat Rupa is external. It's the world as we see it. Relating the trees, the trees are the hairs on the universal form, the Visharupa. So it's looking out. It's an external expansion of the Lord in heart. So when you meditate on the universal form, that brings you closer, and you can see the things of this world related to the form of Krishna. But super-soul is a spiritual meditation. It's in the heart. It's, that's internal. The other universal form is external meditation. Super-soul is internal meditation. So that will take you to the spiritual world. Super-soul is like the first step. The first chapter is chapter one. The first step in God realization is to see the things of this world and relate them to, to Krishna, to the Supreme Lord, the form of the Lord. Okay, so we have some lessons here. Does anybody remember one lesson from this chapter? I mean, from this, from this picture. 
Yeah, we should be detached from the world of names and how to do that? Simple living and high thinking. Okay, that was one lesson. And the other one is um, super soul meditation. What do you need to do while you meditate on super soul? Have to develop service attitude. Yes, yes, otherwise you'll be lost. You might merge into super soul. You think that's me and merge and lost finished your individuality. Okay, here we have part two. Brahmaloka to Vaikunta. So the yogis, they meditate and they go to the higher planets, they go to the spiritual world. We water our devotional fever by chanting Hare Krishna and we go back to Godhead. So leaving the material body. But the mostly the yogis go to the Brahman, the light, and but the devotees they go to the spiritual world. Now the mystic, now the next, I'll read verse 23, chapter 2. A transcendentalist is not restricted because to matter he's not addicted. In all worlds does he move freely, unlike fruitive workers in captivity. So here they're relishing the nectar of the, uh, the class, the hearing about Krishna. And what happens? One lesson we learned here is that the yogis, they work so hard to get these mystic powers, but the devotee immediately gets mystic powers, and, but he prefers to be controlled by Krishna instead of controlling things of this world. He doesn't want to control the things of this world. The devotee just wants to be with Krishna. He wants to control Krishna, like the mother of Mother Yashoda, controlling Krishna. He doesn't want to control the things of this world. So the lesson, devotees achieve whatever mystic yogis achieve simply by chanting and hearing. We go back to the spiritual world simply by chanting and hearing the holy name. Simple, simple process. So the yogi, he pushes himself up by severe, austere yoga practice. But the devotee serves Krishna and Krishna picks him up. So our path is a path of mercy. Krishna picks up the devotee. Here is Krishna giving the nectar of his lotus feet and in Shiva Bhagavatam class. Traction for Krishna. So Lord Brahma, after scrutinizingly studying the Vedas, three times understood attraction for Krishna is the highest perfection of religion. So how to do that? Chant Hare Krishna. Chant it here. And we will achieve whatever the yogis achieve by super soul meditation. Simply by chanting and hearing. Okay, what, what lesson? What lesson do we learn here in this chapter, verse? I remember when you were saying that the yogis are trying for mystic powers to control the material world, but the devotees are trying to either be controlled by Krishna or a higher level. Yeah. Control Krishna. We want to control Krishna by love. So our path is based on love. The mystic yogi is, is based on austerity and controlling the senses. And so it's different. Now we're going to chapter 3. Um, everyone worship Lord Hari. That's this first verse here. So the lesson here is that even if you want material things, 
even if you want to merge into the Supreme, even if you have no desires, worship Krishna. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter what your desires are, just worship Krishna, like Guru Maharaj. So this is the lesson here. And one who is a Mahatma, he will worship Krishna. So I will read verse 17 here, chapter 3. As the sun rises and as it sets, it decreases our lifespan, save and accept, for the one who his time utilizes in discussions of Lord Krishna and him eulogizes. So that's the middle section here, Krishna Kata, the sun is rising and setting. And what happens when the sun rises? For materialistic people, it takes away their life. It takes away, but not for the devotee. If one is hearing and chanting, Bhagavatam, Hare Krishna, then the sun cannot take your life away. You will get eternal life. You will live eternally. So, the second lesson here is if you chant and hear about Krishna, you're protected from time and death. Second lesson. Otherwise, if you don't worship Krishna, it is said in this verse, here we see down here, some donkey-looking people, they look like donkeys. Prabhupada said, hogs, dogs, camels, and asses. Well, that's what Shrikadev says. If you don't worship Krishna, you're like a hog, a dog, a camel, or an ass. One time Prabhupada was speaking in University of Hawaii, and one student said to Prabhupada, what harm is there in becoming a dog? You forget. What's wrong if I become a dog? So this is university education. Prabhupada said, okay, I give you my blessing. <laughs> Very unfortunate student of Hawaii University. You will become a dog in his next life. Hopefully you'll become dog of a devotee. Hopefully. Or a cow of a devotee. We're seeing the cowherd girl walk past. Um, these cows are blessed. They'll go back to Godhead. They should go in this life. The cows that live over them. So yes, um, pure devotional service is described here. If you don't chant, then you have ears like the ear holes of snakes and the tongue like that of a frog. If you don't serve a pure devotee, then you're just like a dead body. Your body has no use. So why is that? Because we cannot reach Krishna directly. We have to go through the devotee. Through Radharani, Prabhupada says, if you can, if you can please Radharani, then Radharani will recommend you to Krishna. So this is uh, all of our senses. If we don't bow down, it's just like a bag of stones on our head, a heavy burden. If we don't see Krishna, or we can see, you, our eyes are like the eyes of peacock feathers. So lesson here, second lesson is, you cannot worship Krishna directly, you must go through the Piribhoti. Does anybody remember the first lesson? It's about the sun. What? Everybody else is dying. The body is living. He's living spiritually. We're awake. 
Okay. So if you chant and hear about Krishna, you're protected from time and death. That means one who chants and hears, the sun does not take his duration of life away. Okay, so hmm. one thing we should know that and there's one verse here that says about chanting the holy name. That's verse uh, 24. Here's somebody, he's chanting Japa and he's crying, but he's crying because he can't have material things. So that's not a good way to chant. That's not a good way to chant and think of enjoying. Um, so the verse says, if you chant and cry, but your heart does not change, then you have a stone heart, stone frame. Stone frame heart. So the symptoms of Baba are not just crying. There are internal symptoms. There are symptoms of Baba you have to, how to judge a person. This is given in the purport of that verse. That uh, Baba means eagerness for glorifying the Lord, chanting Hare Krishna, for living in the Holy Dhamma, using every second in the service of the Lord, and detachment from material happiness, pridelessness, and perseverance, perseverance, shanti. Yes. So these are the external symptoms of Baba. So that is, so this is another lesson. The symptoms of Baba are not only external, more important are the internal symptoms of Baba. Yes. I was just wondering about engaging emotion in spiritual service to the Lord, like, um, yeah, we're not on, I'm not on the platform of praying the bar. So, like, but is it, what do we do with our emotions when we're chanting? What should we do with our, we like, should put, what should we do with your emotion while you're chanting? Is it beneficial to engage your emotions? Yeah, it's good to engage your emotions. Yeah. Even if they're material, it's okay. But don't think that uh, people should not misjudge and think, oh, she's in prema, she's in baba. Yeah, it, it's not that you don't... It, it's okay to be emotional while you chant. It's good. If you're angry, if you're sad, if you're depressed, put it into your chanting. Direct it toward Krishna, and then it'll get purified. And that's why we say, Oh, there was a lesson we didn't, uh, I think it was from, yes, there's another lesson from, just, I just thought of the other lesson from the beginning of this chapter. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Who should worship Krishna? Everyone should worship Krishna. Whether you're full of material desires, free of material desires, or um, want liberation, just worship Krishna. Okay, chapter four, process of creation. Here we have creation asking lots of questions. You see the question mark, he's asking about all these different things, the planets, the time, uh, so many things. Uh, basically, three questions. How does the Lord create the universe? How does he engage his energies in maintaining and destroying? And does he direct the modes or does he do this work and through his expansions. So those are the questions of chapter four. And then the, the second section, devotees purify fallen souls. Now he's gonna, he's offering his prayers 
But Shukadev, before he offers his prayers, he prays for blessings. So this is a very important lesson. We should pray for blessings before we do any service. Prophet says in the purport, devotees of the Lord while delivering speeches, describing the qualities of the Lord, do not think they can do anything independently. They can speak only what they're induced to speak by the Supreme Lord. So before we do anything, we should ask permission from the Lord. Oh, my dear Lord Krishna, or we, we can ask permission or we can just say, okay, Lord, I offer this to you. I offer this, uh, I'm taking bath now, this is your body I'm taking care of for you. Now I'm offering this, this bath, this shower to you. Uh, I'm offering this uh, food for you to enjoy and I will take. So we can get in the habit of praying before we study Bhagavatam. We can ask permission to enter Bhagavatam. So before we do anything, before we cook, before we eat, ask permission, pray for blessings, offer it to the Lord before you do it. So that's the first lesson here. Then we get into kirtan, kirtanan, hearing, chanting, remembering, that is an important verse here. Everybody's doing kirtan. So here everybody's praying for blessings, that is good before you start. And then uh, kirtan, hearing, remembering. So then, lesson is anyone can be purified if he takes shelter of a pure devotee. So by hearing and chanting and remembering, we take shelter of the pure devotee, we become purified. So then there's another verse uh, that Krishna is realized only by devotees who are without Pretension. Pretension means you pretend to be something you're not. So be sincere. Sincerity means to be who you are before Krishna. Be sincere. So then Shukadev is ending with prayers, begging for the mercy of the Lord so he can speak. And uh, this here is, we see the nectar. This is coming from the mouth of Krishna down to the devotees now through Vyasadeva to the different Narayani, the different Acharyas. And in the end of the last verse, it says that, um, where did this nectar come from? Originally, the nectar came from, from Krishna to his gopis. And how did they get it? By exchanging food from his mouth. By kissing, actually. So, Subhade says, there's, Prabhupada says in the purport, come to you. Krishna Chakravarti, that there's no difference between the kissing in the spiritual world and hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Very, very Madhuryarasya in this verse. So, the devotee wants to please the Lord and become his instrument. That's another lesson we learn here in this chapter. So, what other lessons did we learn? There were actually quite a few. If you remember any. Pray for blessings. Pray for blessings before you do anything. Okay. And? Chanting and hearing. Chanting and hearing. 
Yeah, you get shelter with purity. Exactly. And he will purify you. Good, good. Okay. Yeah, about pretension, yeah. Krishna is realized only by devotees who are without pretension. So if you have if you're pretending to be something, then you will not realize Krishna. Okay, we're going to chapter five. Nard is asking Brahma about his true position. He says, you know, I thought you were the creator, but I see you're meditating on someone. So it means someone else is behind it. It's not you, uh, actually, and that's the lesson. But first, before that, we have to learn about knowledge. Narada is asking about the material world. He's asking about creation. And so our lesson here, we must inquire about knowledge and receive it through Parampara. So chapter 5. Verse 7. So here is an artist speaking. You are so powerful when you create, but perhaps there's someone even more great. This we wonder when we see how so disciplined you are in austerity. So second lesson, that uh, Narayan is the actual creator. Brahma is the engineer. He gets the plan. He gets the plan and he creates. He's the engineer. Engineers need a plan. So guess what the plan is for Brahma? It's the universal form. He sees the universal form, then he knows, okay, this goes here, this goes there, these planets go here, these are the upper, these are the lower. He sees, and the demigods are in different places in the universal form. He puts their residences there. So he's the engineer, and his blueprint is the universal form. So this middle section, Lord empowers Brahma. He got initiation by the flute of Krishna. Here Krishna is playing his flute. Brahma is getting initiation by Chamatra. But Maya is here behind Krishna. She cannot go in front. She stays behind. So a very interesting point here about universal form is that if you see the front, if you face the front of the universal form, you will realize it's personal form. And if you look at the back, if you're in back of the universal form, you look at his back, that's impersonal form. That's impersonal. So that's, that's important. Personal form is from the front, and impersonal is from the back. So most people, when they look at this material world, they don't see a person behind them. They see, they see the back of the Lord. They see something impersonal. They don't understand. Yes, it's a machine, but there must be an operator of the machine. They see this world, but they don't understand. So lesson here, if you face the Lord, you realize his personal form. And if you see his back, you realize the impersonal feature. So the second section here, last section here, Narayana is the actual creator. All knowledge, yoga, and sacrifices are meant for achieving the Lord and for pleasing him. So he's the actual creator. Here he is, Lord Brahma is the secondary creator. And there's the three avatars, the guna avatars, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. And they're in charge of the three modes of material nature. So this is how Krishna comes. He accepts these three forms, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Um, and he also comes as universal form. 
and he comes as the controller of the modes, and he is up above, up above the modes of material nature. Good. So, what lessons do we learn in this chapter five, first part? Yes, yes, we get knowledge through Prabhupada. Oh, you got both lessons. Narayan is the creator. And Lokumad is the engineer, and the engineer is the universal form. Yes, uh, his blueprint is universal form. And from the front, when you see the universal form, oh, you got all three lessons. It's, um, it's uh, you can see the personal form, but if you look from the back, it's going to see the universal form. Yeah. And all the bad things are coming from the back. Greed and lust and so many things. All right, so let's go to. We're this is we're only doing five chapters today and five chapters tomorrow. So now we're on chapter five, part two. We're on chapter five, part two. So this is called sarva. Sarva means creation. So first thing there's Vishnu. He glanced at Maya. He glanced at Maya, and then the Mahatattva was created from her. And time, he mixed it with time and the three modes, and different things were created from the three modes. Here we see some of the things, the demigods, the senses. We see earth, water, fire, air, These all, and all the things that go with the earth. What goes with the air is touch and the hands, and what goes with fire is sight, form, you can see things. What goes with water is taste, and what goes with earth is smell, smelling the earth. And what goes with ether, which you can't see here, is hearing, it's the ear, sound, sound of voice. So from false ego and ignorance, the sky is produced, and then sound. From false ego and goodness, the mind and demigods are produced. So in passion, we get all these senses, from false ego and passion, all these senses are produced. Now the problem is, after producing, everything was in pieces, and the demigods, there are a few demigods there at this creation, they're saying, you know, what are we going to do with all these pieces? And that's why the Lord entered into, and he expanded as Garvadakshaya Vishnu. This is, the first one is Mahavishnu, and then Garvadakshaya Vishnu. And he went inside the universe, and then he showed the universal form. So when the, when the Lord entered the universe, all the pieces came together in his universal form. Before it was just like hands and legs and eyes and noses, and things like that. And they couldn't create, they couldn't do anything. So they prayed to the Lord, and the Lord entered the universe, and he manifested the universal form. So, Vishnu enters the elements, so that's this, this one here. In the middle, Vishnu enters the elements. He becomes the universal form. So many ages, the universal form was lying on the causal ocean. And finally, you know, all the pieces, they were just pieces. 
And when Krishna came, Vishnu, he came inside the universe, all the pieces came together. All the pieces came together. So I'll read verse 34. Although the universes in the water for aeons were situated, then he entered them all and they became animated. Over a thousand years. Then he became the universal form. Again, there is another lesson here. If you want to go to the spiritual world, if you want to go beyond this universal form, you want to get out of this material world, you can only do it by developing service attitude. So that lesson is over and over again. The impersonalists, if they look at this universal form, see the, the form of this material world, see the things of this world connected to the Lord, but they must have a service attitude. Because if everything's connected to Krishna, that means we should use it for his service. And the yogis, they should see the super soul in the heart. They should connect it to Krishna. Oh, this is this is my Lord, service attitude. So service attitude goes along with all of these things here. And the lesson is you can attain liberation, you can go back to the spiritual world only by having the service attitude. Important lesson in this second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. So, do you, anybody remember that last lesson I told you? Two words. Two words are the essence of the lesson. Okay, give me the microphone. You have it? Okay. I'm not sure if this is the last one that you're speaking about, but the, the, the universal elements remain. Yeah. And, and, and they were all separated. Separated. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. yeah, and they too. Elements. Only because of that were they able to come together. Yes. When the Lord entered with the elements, then everything came together. Universal form. He, as universal form, He brought everything together. All the all the universe. But the last lesson was the most important thing is service attitude. Whatever we see, we use it. Give it to Krishna. Offer it to Krishna. Offer your mind to Krishna. Offer your body to Krishna. But before you do anything, offer it to Krishna. Ask blessings. Pray for blessings to do whatever you have to do. When you wake up in the morning, say, My Lord Krishna, I offer this day to you. Please accept me. Please accept this day. This day is for you. When you brush your teeth, say, Krishna, I'm brushing my teeth for you. This is, these are your teeth. They're going to eat your prasada. So I offer this to you. Whatever we do, when we walk up the hill, I'm walking to you, Krishna. I want to see you. I'm offering this walking to you. So we should be always meditating on Krishna. Either his here we see the universal form. The trees are his hairs. So we see all the hairs here in the body of, of the Lord. These trees are the hairs. If you go to the ocean, you'll see his stomach. Um, you go to the river, you'll see his veins. So this is is uh, Krishna. That's one way to see. Another way to see is the Lord in the heart that we heard in chapter 2 with four hands, beautifully smiling. But don't look at the smile of the universal form. That will take you away. That is not good to do. And you see, oh yes, wonderful trees. Let me enjoy here with these trees and these trees. Let me enjoy 
different things in this world. No, that won't help. So that's why we have to have the service attitude before we do anything. And and Shukade was expressing that before he was speaking Bhagavatam, he was praying for blessings. Okay, so we'll stop here for today. Tomorrow we'll finish at the same time, five o'clock. The last five chapters, there's only ten chapters in Canto 2. And we'll hear again, the next chapter is called Universal Form. So <laughs> it's the theme of this canto is Universal Form, but in many different ways we're hearing about it. We're hearing about this Universal Form, many different ways. Then we'll go, we'll graduate to the incarnations of the Lord. We'll go from material to the spiritual. And we'll hear the four seed verses of Bhagavatam tomorrow, the essence of Bhagavatam, which was spoken by Lord Krishna in the beginning to Brahma. So we'll stop here. If you have any questions, you can ask at this point. Transform it into real ego. Something about the demigods. Demigods are produced from, yeah, the, see in the original, there's original false ego in goodness, passion, and ignorance. So demigods are produced from false ego in goodness. Oh, that's right, and the sky is produced in the, a false ego in the middle of ignorance. Yeah, ignorance. The, all the sense objects. The sense objects. Is um, that because it's still within the materialist? It's gross. So if you're above the mode of goodness, then it would be spiritual. That's right. That's right. The demigods are still they're in the material mode of goodness, and the senses the senses are in passion, and the sense objects are in ignorance. Earth, water, fire, air, these are in ignorance, and the senses which we use they're connected, but they're in the mode of passion. They're in the mode of passion, produced from the mode of passion. But everything if we engage them? Yeah, if we engage them, then they, they get purified. Yeah, they, get, they go to the mode of goodness and they become purified and become spiritual. You eat prasadam, you're purifying, your, your senses are becoming spiritual, spiritualized. If you just eat an apple that's not offered, then that's mode of goodness. If you eat prasadam, then you're going, you're spiritualizing your senses. I was wondering if you could elaborate on the false ego. The false ego. Yeah, well there's an original false ego at the beginning of creation, that's sarva. And then that, that false ego is controlled by um, different, uh, actually by different parts different expansions of Vishnu. There is Vasudev, he's in charge of the false ego of con the consciousness, like the, all the way back. 
Then we have the, the mind, we have the intelligence. That's Praduna, that's Garudakshai Vishnu. So that's uh, in more passion, intelligence. And then we have uh, Aniruta, who is the mind, motive, goodness. And then we have uh, Sandarsham, who's in charge of Lord Shiva, the mode of ignorance. And there's demigods connected, Brahma's connected to the mode of um, passion as he creates, and the moon god is connected to the mode of goodness, the mind, the mind is coming from the mode of goodness. And ignorance is uh, our gross, gross body, and gross senses. So, but they're, they go back to the false ego and ignorance, the, the um, sense objects. And so this is going far back. If you're a yogi, what you do is you, you go back, back, back. Instead of, like creation, make, it comes this way. This comes from this, this comes from this. Then you go back. You put your body into the elements. You put your the elements into the false ego and ignorance. Put your mind into false ego and goodness. You put your intelligence into false ego and passion. And then you go to the mahatattva, which is above the false ego. It's in, it's pure, pure goodness. You go to Mahatattva, it's, it's pure, pretty pure. And then you go back out of the creation, you go beyond the coverings. And so the yogis, that's what they do. We don't have to worry about that process, we just chant. And we go on the airplane. We get the Vaikuntha Express. We get the Vaikuntha Express, the airplane comes for us. You don't have to worry about disintegrating your body, it will happen automatically. When we go back and when we go into the airplane, Juga Maharaj, his body was transformed into spiritual. Our body, we may not go in our same body like Juga Maharaj, but uh, it's this guy when Narada Muni left his body, it, he got immediately got a spiritual body after giving up the material body. Any other questions? Okay, Jaya Lois Shri Prabhupada, and if anybody wants a book, you can get a book here. Shri Prabhupada, we also have one copy of the full, the full Bhagavatam at a glance. The candles 1 to 12 with three posters in it. And we have a copy of Bhagavad Gita, also with picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita. So if you're interested, you can see me after. And if nobody buys the books, you'll find them in the shop. <laughs> okay, Jaya, glory to you. See you tomorrow.